Welcome to Energy Matters to You, June 26, 2019 edition. The Energy Matters to You podcast is a communication platform that features technologies and thought leaders working to advance energy efficiency. The Energy Matters to You podcast seeks to connect buyers with sellers so that practical, cost-effective energy efficiency and sustainable energy solutions continue to gain market traction. We're your hosts. My name is Leo Ryan, and on the line is the celebrity Ron Galuli. Good morning, Leo. Ron, you are and on thank the Thank you for the kind introduction. <laughs> yeah, you are a celebrity. I've never met anybody at an energy function who didn't know Ron Galuli. <laughs> uh, I'm very humbled by that yeah, compliment. True story. So today we're going to talk about uh, you know, the, the need for qualified, capable people in the energy efficiency industry. Is that, is that something that, uh, that you've bumped into in your company and the, the folks you're talking to? Yes, in fact. I was speaking with our program managers at National Grid, and um, it looks like our program may be expanding. And some of the key positions that we're looking for are energy engineers that have um, either industrial or manufacturing experience, and they're very difficult to find. We also have um, project management needs, but you know, as long as we have a you know uh, person that has the capability and the drive we can we can fill those roles, but it's really that those technical roles that are difficult to fill. Right, right. And we had um, Kevin Doyle on with us a couple of years ago, talking about uh, the the clean tech industry and its growth, and how need for employment in that area and qualified people has outpaced other sections um, sectors of the economy. And uh, Kevin's now with um, a, a group called Green Economy. Again, part of their function is to make sure that there's enough qualified people to to fill the open positions. And he put out a really nice piece that focuses on what you know eco employers want to know about new graduates and how new graduates can position themselves and train themselves and um, prepare themselves to, to to function in that in that space. I think uh, you know, Ron, your your statement about national grid seeing the need it's uh, in a way it's slowing down the advancement of uh, some of the energy efficiency efforts that uh, the folks have got, got underway. Absolutely. And I did have the opportunity a few weeks ago, I play golf like once a year and um, FMC Technologies, a control company, uh, invited me to play. And I had the opportunity to play with two recent graduates at UMass Lowell. And they have done really, really well in that space. And it just shows you there are so many opportunities out there. And if you take Kevin's advice and line yourself up, those opportunities will present themselves to you. Hey, Ron, I know this is a really subtle way to plug UMass Lowell. And, you know, I'm a graduate of that program and you've got a kid there. So I appreciate you, you plugging that school. Yeah, I can't say enough. It's a great, it's a great institution. <laughs> awesome. Well, listen, we got a couple of guests on today that uh, are right at the forefront of educating a workforce to meet that need. We're going to bring on John Spooner and Mike Conway, who are with a, a group called Stacks and Jewels. And you go to their website, and the uh, what flashes out is they're the, the bridging the tech opportunity gap with a specialized curriculum in computer programming for building automation control. So, Mike and John, welcome to Energy Matters to you. Hello. Hey, thank you so much for having us on. Happy to have yeah, you. Yeah, hey, this is Mike. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Good. Now, you guys are scattered around the country, right? Yeah, absolutely. We're all yes. over the place. But we do 
come from Boston. Like that's the one thing that keeps us keeps us solid is uh, we both actually grew up outside of Boston together. So we're we're from there and and Boston proud. But uh, but yeah, I'm actually located in uh, New York City. Okay. And I am located and currently right now it's calling in from Los Angeles, California. Well, thanks for getting up early. Oh, yeah. I mean, coffee's just kicking in. <laughs> well, great. So uh, we've had, I've had a chance, Ron and I've had a chance to, to talk to you both and go to the website. T- tell us what uh, what Stacks and Jewels is all about. Yeah. So, um, so Stacks and Jewels is a nonprofit workforce education program where we teach mainly high school seniors, IoT, HVAC, lighting control, and professional soft skills all towards careers in building automation. Interesting. Wide swath of things. How is it that you guys came together to, to go at this problem? What is it in, in your backgrounds that, that drew you to identify these areas and this gap in, in the skill set to form Stacks and Joe? What, 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 tell us about that background. Just to start uh, off, this is Mike. So my background is education. I taught high school math and a variety of, of high schools for over 25 years and started to see as I was working uh, the second half of my career, I, I worked in schools where re-engaging students and, you know, I'd have success getting students to be able to pass the, t- the math test they needed, getting them enrolled in community college programs or even four-year college programs. And then would see them falter because they didn't have a place to live, were food insecure, whatever. You know, life would catch up and they couldn't afford to continue with their education. So I was looking for solutions for my students and saw that they need to work, right? And they need to be paid well so that they can get into a a learn and earn kind of situation. So it was really through conversations and keeping John informed. So John's side is, take away John's. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, actually one little caveat to kind of fill in the even more of the blanks is that, uh, so we actually met in, in Mrs. Davidson's second grade class way back when, and we have been in each other's worlds for, for quite a while. So we're, we're longtime friends and that really kept this conversation going. While Mike was off pursuing education and working in that realm, I was going into technology. And so with technology, I've, I've worked in all different facets of the internet and, and hardware and IoT. And most recently, I spent six years working for Alphabet, doing um, one of their smart city initiatives in New York City, the Link NYC project. And so through that work and through partnering with Sidewalk Labs, which is really their kind of arm for smart city expansion, I started to really hear a lot about building automation as a really crucial piece and a crucial piece of the infrastructure that is needed for a smart city to exist. And as Mike and I kept on going back and forth over different opportunities and different areas to really focus education, it really started to come clear that you know, the future of technology is really in IoT with 5G coming. There's going to be a lot of expansion in that area. And so really tooling up, tooling up students with these skills, you know, is a, is a crucial thing. But how do, you, how do you really apply those skills in the workplace? And that was what we found in building automation was this perfect mixture of leading edge technology and IoT, but then 
also real employability in the built environment. Understood. Yeah, I just wanted to, to chime in and say, you know, we already talked about the workforce capacity issues uh, in this industry. It's not just this industry, right? So a, a focus that's, that's oh, uh, on, oh, we need to, to get the messaging right to get more uh, college graduates to understand and see the opportunities in the industry. It's, that's not enough because every industry is automating. You know, automation is across the wide economy. And so every single industry is going after college graduates who have a same set of technical skills. Uh, Ron, when, when you were saying, oh, you know, we're looking, you know, the hardest positions to fill are those technical uh, people with the technical knowledge and skills. You're talking every single industry right now from, you know, manufacturing to warehouse management and development to, to retail, which really uh, what, what we're really looking at is a disruption of the training and education system that is currently inadequate to meet the, the challenges of this, you know, automation fifth industrial revolution and building automation is you know a specialized case there uh, that is particularly impacted because it has you know it requires this combination of mechanical knowledge and skill right so we still need those uh, facilities maintenance uh, personnel who can use the tools to to fix the the equipment and at the same time everything has a computer attached to it and controlling it. And so, you know, that is the unicorn, right? Is right. The mechanically, uh, the mechanical aptitude and experience with understanding of code, uh, wireless networks and, and the technology side. Right. So Mike, let's, let's go back to, you spent most of your career as an educator and you're, yep. you're doing your best to prepare these guys with foundational math science skills. And then you send them into a next level of training, whether it's technical or community college or university training. And, you know, so you, you, you talked about um, releasing qualified students who were having trouble making a living to support themselves. So tell me, is there, there are educational options out there now. What, what was missing? In those education, what is missing from those that that are, that are that are not providing this workforce with the skills they need to to, to fully embrace this automation industry uh, wave that's sweeping? What's missing is a is a connected approach, right? So uh, up till now and, and and currently, it's starting to change. Is the education system is really run separate from the the workforce system? Right, okay. from companies and from employers. So, so one of the, one of the big issues is that, for, for example, you know, when you look at uh, the positions that are available that, that we focus on, the, the, the BAS technician. Right. Uh, there, there are programs now uh, out there that will, will prepare, right? Those programs typically are asking for either five years of experience in the field or are requiring a, you know, a four year degree. Okay. Uh, so, and 
some of them are requiring five years of experience and a four-year degree. So now you're looking at 10 years to ramp up a qualified candidate. And then what we hear from, from employers is, oh, they're, they're hiring people either right out, you know, if they can find someone out of college, because, you know, the typical college a graduate who has some programming background and engineering, imagine trying to compete with Google, Yahoo, Snapchat, uh, with, you know, for a 24 year old. And you're, you're saying like, Hey, come on in and work in this, this building. It's, uh, you know, so that's a challenge, but you find someone and then they have to be retrained on a, on a pretty significant scale. So even those that are coming in with some, some education background. So what, what, what we've done is we started with industry, gathered a group of advisors to really pinpoint, you know, what would be the first role that you could hire a, a just out of high school, you know, aged uh, young person? What are the first things that they could do to be productive uh, for your company? And, um, and having, having identified that, we created, uh, you know, our, our program to really focus on just those first skills. So this is another problem with, with the education system is they're looking at, oh, they, their vision is, oh, we're going to work with them for, you know, two to four years. And at the end, they're going to come out with ready to do the, be an expert, right? Do not only the the tasks of installing uh, commissioning maintaining optimizing they're going to be able to design a whole system and one that's kind of unrealistic right you need to get in there and get some real work and work with professionals who can who can guide you on that Um, and it it takes too long so we have a just-in-time approach Right. So we say, OK, what are those immediate skills that can make them productive, get them in and get them earning? And then this is the, the beauty of this industry is it really requires further training. Uh, it's, it's a technical industry. And so that's where you get this pathway starting to develop for these young people and for the industry is with that with that beginning level of productivity as, a, as an entry level then they can be guided and actually have the next certification paid for. And then, oh, you know what? And if you get this associate's degree, you can move up to this, this level of salary and you can do these uh, types of tasks. So led along in this earn, earn and learn uh, model, rather than taking on debt and then not finishing and not having the, the workers that are needed. Mike, I really appreciate that that background. As and as someone who's involved in in selling in this space, uh, I really appreciate the approach you've taken. Where you go to industry and you ask the question of them, you know, what task is it that a an entering uh, new employee can take on and deliver some value? So that's it's really helpful to to go to the experts, the people who have the need, and say, well, what is that need and how do we fill it? And uh, I'm wondering, uh, John. Yeah. Can, John, can you just give us a little bit of a sense of some of these partners that, that Mike had referred to within the industry? Who is it that's helping you provide place and, uh, and, and an environment for these newly trained workers to work? Tell us about some of those partners. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we've partnered with a really a myriad of, of companies throughout the industry. So companies like Alberio, um, we've actually just uh, recently placed two interns in the Boston area with Alberio. They're starting this summer. And we're working with um, RAB Lighting in New York City. And they've really closely partnered with us to provide guidance, to provide access to hardware. They even took us to their manufacturing facility and gave us a full tour of the entire process of you know, concept to product. And additionally, we've started working with local um, integrators and, and companies around the New York City area like Dual Fuels and Venco and, and others. And, and so it's really been, it's been mainly those, those kind of the actual people who do the implementation and do the installation. Initially, we started reaching out to a lot of the manufacturers and found that they they weren't the ones actually installing. They were the ones who were selling to the installer who then put it in. And it was really the installer that, that we were finding our, our strongest partnerships with. John, uh, this is Ron. I had a quick question with regard to, I know you're working with state leaders and colleges and some of the local community colleges, but have you approached any of the utility companies? Because they may have some budget in their three-year plan for workforce training. And to me, this seems like a, a great approach to be able to train them so that they, yeah. what ultimately yeah, I mean, is going to benefit the utility with the savings that result from the efforts of these, um, these young students being able to program BMS systems. Yeah. Yeah. So rather naively, I guess, we, um, when we launched, we were testing our curriculum in, in the Boston area and we had a few cohorts going throughout the area and we had one special class in uh, Chelsea, Mass. And we actually ended up working with, now let me make sure I get my sources right. We worked with Energy Source, an implementer and energy efficiency expert company to audit the Chelsea High School. So we went through and saw all the, you know, all the T8s and T12s throughout the school. And we actually came up with the students with a retrofit plan of how much would it cost? What kind of cost savings would they recognize? What kind of payback timeline were they looking at? Things like that. And we had the students put together a sales pitch and actually pitch it in front of the Chelsea town planners, as well as representatives from Eversource. So, and Eversource was very interested in it because, you know, bringing down the peak load is, is really the task of this fund. And that was what they were, they were seeing this benefit as, you know, the naive part that I prefaced with is that uh, we just kind of jumped in with two feet and found out from the town that in fact, they did have a three to four year rolling plan of upgrades and implementations that they were working on for the high school. So, you know, while we had a great plan and they really, you know, appreciated the effort of the students and felt it was a really compelling pitch, they already had a plan in process. So, so we've, we've had the idea of working with the utilities and, and as ways to underwrite some of the, some of the retrofit projects. Um, we just haven't found the exact right fit. We're also looking to, uh, to partner with some of the state energy groups as well, like the Mass CEC, New York's NYSERDNA just as other ways to, to really see the utility, make sure they're aware of what we're doing and how we're really trying to help the industry move forward. That speaks to also where we are as, a, as an organization. Uh, we're, we're, we're two years in, and these first two years, we're, 
developing, you know, beta testing our curriculum, making sure it was, uh, you know, working in the, in the way that we intended. And so we selected very different sites so we could make sure that it was, was uh, applicable in different environments. We're now at the point of, uh, John mentioned, you know, we've, we've uh, placed two, actually, Alberio doesn't even call them interns. Alberio is saying we've hired two young students, one who is uh, a year out of high school, actually from our Chelsea program, and one who just graduated from Dearborn STEM Academy in Roxbury. Uh, so they're saying like, yeah, they're hired, they have a review in August, which will determine if they get a longer term contract, right? That's what we've been working towards. That's the model that that we've been working towards. And Alberio, uh, George West is, uh, is, is leading that. They see it, right? They get it. And this also goes back to like, what type of companies do we look for? And, and it was a learning curve of, we've learned that the companies that uh, are most ready to accept, you know, have the vision to see that, that uh, this as an HR strategy is effective are companies that have senior level management who've come up through the ranks, right? So there are senior vice presidents who now have an engineering degree, but it took them 12 years, right? And they were working with this company starting off as, a, as, a, as an electrician or uh, as a mechanic and, you know, chipped away at it. So, so these companies, they've got really valuable people who have followed this pathway. They did it out of their own grit and determination. We're looking to systematize that. And so why not, why not go into the, to the utilities? Uh, we were really focused on proving the model, working out the model. Now that we're, we're getting there and we're growing our, our list of, uh, of partners, we're ready to have that. So, Ron, if you want to set up a call, we would gladly uh, talk with uh, yeah, I, uh, the, you know, your I, the utility. Absolutely. Um, uh, I can mention it to several of my contacts over there. Yeah, I think they may be interested. Yeah, yeah because now we say, like, hey, you, you don't have to take it from us. We'll get, we'll get Alberio on the line. And they can talk about the strength of the students coming out of the program, right? Yeah, I think we're, yeah. we're getting there. I, this, uh, the, uh, this is the, uh, the call to action moment. So you guys did a terrific job at identifying the, the elements. You've got the, the students that are struggling to get the, their hand on the first rung of the ladder. You've got employers like Alberio and Rab Lighting that, that have a gap in their workforce. You've got municipalities like, like Chelsea that benefits from this relationship between the companies that are doing energy efficiency work and their new employees solving a problem. And you've got the, the, the Eversource story. There's obviously opportunity to grow and then some relationship with some of the nonprofits that are out there kind of counseling and driving and managing the, uh, the industry like Mass CEC and uh, New York's NYSERDA. So tell us, uh, how can we help? Or where is, where is the spot? that um, this tested model, this tested curriculum needs help to grow it and ramp this up? Yeah, I mean, what it, what it really is and, and why we, we came on your great podcast is really to just get the, the word out to the industry as a whole that, you know, right now is the time when they have to invest 
in the workforce development. Like that has to be a central goal of this industry in order to keep the progress of this industry continuing and growing and moving forward. So we're really looking for, you know, innovative, high-minded companies that see this future and see that it's coming down the line and want to do something now about that. So we are looking for companies that, you know, we are a nonprofit. So we are looking for companies that can step up in the form of of funding support. We're also looking for companies that have job opportunities where we can bring in some of these highly qualified students and really impress them with the quality that a high school student can deliver them. And honestly, one point that I wanted to make earlier before, the difference is, is this high school student has four years at your company learning exactly how you want them to function and how you want them to be skilled instead of leaving the whole flow, going to college for four years and dropping back into the industry. Because, you know, you think of what has changed system-wise in four years, a great deal. So once again, let me <laughs> loop back to, to my, uh, my call to action. What it really is is around, around funding support, job opportunities, and then lastly, and possibly most importantly, are real work opportunities. Real projects that are going on in the Boston or New York City area where we could bring students to do either job shadowing, hands-on learning, anything along those lines. We're looking for those building automation showcases where you can go in and it's like, you know, everything's automated, soup to nuts. And they have, you know, one of those beautiful testing rooms that has all the, all the systems laid out and all the different, different screens and monitors. That's what we're looking, just to give these kids a taste of what this industry really is. And the other side of that is give industry access and exposure to the young people before they even interview. You know, so that was the case with Alberio. They pretty much knew who they were going to make an offer to because they'd come to the program. They had sent some technicians to do a tour of the mechanical room. They'd, they'd given some career overviews. So that's about the company giving, but they're also interacting with the potential talent and starting to get a sense of who that talent is. And so, you know, it's reducing that, that idea of the, of the perceived risk working with a young person who's, you know, an unknown quantity. Well, now they're known because of this interaction and they're much more, they're ready, right? They're hired. Well, both uh, Mike and John, uh, we look forward to getting the word out on the program. It definitely provides a valuable educational resource that um, can empower young adults in an exciting, growing industry. So there's nothing like being able to get out of high school or college and have that ability with the background through a program like yours to control their own destiny. So, uh, yeah, we look forward to helping you get the word out. We have quite a few hits, yeah. We're doing really well, and uh, we encourage listeners to uh, continue to get the word out. And if you're interested in being on the podcast, please let us know. Just say that uh, Peter Sarian from Copper Tree Analytics have been over 160 downloads in the um, past uh, month or so. And uh, Alex Grace, KGS Buildings. Um, and I know we have uh, Stephen Strong, who founded uh, Solar Design Associates. He Founded that company in the 70s, so he's been at it for over 40 years. It's hard to find anybody in the, in the solar industry who knows, who knows more about the, the whole process, the whole growth of the industry, the, the problems, the opportunities. So, so we'll have Stephen Strong on pretty soon. 
any upcoming events or what have you been, what have you been tracking on your blog? Well, um, there's the new, I think it's called the New Energy Solutions Microgrid event. That's actually late June. Um, but, you know, throughout the summer, I'm taking some time off. And what's on the radar is the Homer Grid Microgrid Conference or the Homer Microgrid Conference in October. And that's right in Cambridge. So that should be a pretty well-attended event. And um, I expect to see a lot of the local folks that are involved in microgrids and storage and solar at that event. Yeah, and you've been, you've been leaning on those Homer Grid online tools for some of the modeling work you've been doing. That, isn't that right? Yes, we have. We've been using Homer Grid and uh, Homer Pro. So good. So listen, folks, uh, go to the uh, LinkedIn site, Energy Matters to You. Uh, comments to Ron and I will be followed up on. Appreciate that. We always welcome your feedback, guest ideas. For Energy Matters to You, this has been Leo Ryan and Ron Galuli. There's work to be done. Go make a difference.